Hi and welcome to The Willow in the Windies. Reds and I are back, having been away for a few weeks, but unfortunately the sound quality on this, our resumed regular podcast, is very poor. But we publish it for the record nonetheless, and we hope to have surmounted our technical difficulties in time for the next show. Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast with me, David Oram. I'm here to look at the recent major cricket news stories in the region and haven't been here for a few weeks. I've had my uh, uh, late summer holiday back in the UK and uh, returned last week. Uh, that's when I would have hoped we'd have had our latest edition of this show. But unfortunately, we had uh, a dropout of communications thanks to Hurricane Matthew sweeping through the Caribbean. So I'm delighted that uh, at last I'm now reconnected with my good friend Joseph Reds Pereira. Reds, how are you? Well, I have experienced... Matthew, of course, he, he wasn't in the kind of mood that he later got when he hit. Well, lucky you know, he just missed Jamaica by what he did to Haiti and now heading to Miami. But um, Solution lost bananas, about mm. 85% of his bananas, which is bad for the banana farmers and the economy. Yeah. And uh, from a sporting point of view, I think there were two um, facilities that were hit. Um, in the Mabio Valley, there's a nice little cricket ground which was um, built what, two years ago by the then Minister of Sport. Um, in fact, I did a final there, uh, live radio. That uh, lost bits of his roof and uh, maybe other things, guttering. Mm. And the tennis center, the National Tennis Center, which is right next door to the Darasami cricket ground, um, a lot of the um, lots of the surrounding nets got really blown. Um, um, the, the, the wind was, was high, but I mean, it, it not a high-costing high repair, repair, but it, it, it's, it's got to be done. done. So, so, so those, those are the two things I would think, I would that, think that a couple of cricket grounds were flooded, flooded football grounds were flooded, etc. But, um, but um, the, main the main loss, St. Vincent of Life, flooding St. Lucia Bananas. Well, our thoughts and prayers, obviously, with those that have been affected by it and the loss of life. I'm reading today about some quite serious loss of life in Haiti that's been struck again. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they're in our thoughts. Um, on the cricket front, it has impacted on the, the England women's team, who are just preparing for a series in Jamaica against the West Indies women's team. I'm hoping to, that we'll talk about that a little bit more um in, in our next show, Reds, I'm hoping that we'll have this show today and in three or four days' time uh, look at some items like the women's team and the A-Tour that's going on in Sri Lanka. But I think we've got a heck of a lot to catch up on. And uh, first and foremost, we'll start by looking at West Indies, well, how can one call it, disastrous tour in the UAE uh, in one-day matches, in one-day cricket against Pakistan. What can one say about that, Reds? Hard to find Hard to words. Find words. Um, um, we just, we just didn't, didn't compete. compete. Um, we, 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 we just could just not could contain, contain the Pakistan batting. Uh, we never, we never really applied ourselves, ourselves in, in the middle. middle. Nobody, Nobody took, took responsibility. responsibility. And you got and the impression, got the impression that, that, you know, we weren't really trying. We weren't really trying. We weren't billing pressure to get wickets. When Pakistan were batting, they scored very freely, and then when we came to, to take our, our turn in the middle, uh, we, we, we just didn't seem to offer a challenge, and 
you know, there was all sorts of discussions on the way that Pollard batted. Wakar Yunus will say he should be dropped, and I was surprised he wasn't dropped. And you know, in the last game, tells the story rammed in 30 of 70 balls. I mean, this is not the opening day of a test match. I mean, you know, you either die with your boots on, you get a move on, let somebody else come and try. But we we just didn't seem to. To, 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 to have the, the right attitude and the right spirit and the right commitment. Yeah, the uh, fingers have been pointed uh, about where that commitment, where that uh, lack of motivation stems from. Um, so I think we'll we'll rewind to the events since you and I last uh, spoke, Reds. Uh, last time you and I spoke, we'd heard these wild rumours that were circulating that Phil Simmons was about to be sacked. Uh, there'd been no comment on that in the press or elsewhere but you and I had heard the whispers they were true reds um, within a few days of us last speaking three four weeks ago now Simmons was given the heave ho um, what were your thoughts on that well I wasn't surprised and we had carried the information we had then mm. uh, that Simmons was going to be re replaced um, it wasn't done at the first press conference. The uh, president who met the press in Dominica talked about it, but then talked around it. It came out later. And, and that's uh, one of the, the debates um, about how this team has performed. Was the team affected uh, by the late sacking of, of, of Phil Simmons? Um, well, you can, you can never know. You can argue for, you can argue against. But uh, even if Phil Simon was there, I would uh, I, I would hope uh, that uh, men would have taken greater responsibility um, that we just di didn't see. Uh, if he was there, he would have been very disappointed. Um, but uh, we we will never know because it's not something you can you can really work out. No, uh, neither of us, to be quite honest, were surprised by Phil Simmons's departure. Um, we might have had our own private thoughts whether it was a good move, a bad move, but as I say, neither of us was, was surprised. I think both of us, though, were a little um, disturbed as ever with the timing of this thing. Yes, again, um, it's come just before a tour starts, and the previous um, occasion with Otis Gibson was just about before the team leaves for Bangladesh. Mm. Um, they the matter really in front of the Caribbean people is that Phil Simmons just did not seem to be hitting it off with the director of cricketer, the director of cricket, um, and the West Indies board maybe. And uh, you know he came out and said what he had to say. Uh, you you can discuss whether that was right, whether that's the protocol working with an organisation. Um, but I think what has happened has happened, David and. Uh, we need to move on, but um, I hope that the next coach will be um, a lasting relationship, that uh, there will be more harmony, yeah. and uh, yeah. we, we can get over this this habit of changing coaches so often. Absolutely, and um, one of the other things that was uh, pointed out for the 2020 games was it was felt that uh, uh, the previous dismissal of Darren Sammy also had an effect, but sticking with the... Uh, the coach role, uh, do, who can we expect to see, Reds? I've heard whispers that 
Uh, Richard Pybus, the director of cricket, might step into it himself. Uh, Hendy Springer has recently come in as a, the, the Barbados coach's assistant coach. Do we think he might um, take it on full time? Uh, do you have any um, any ideas yourself, Reds? I think the Richard Pryber story is somebody floated that. That's not true at all. Hmm. Um, as far as I know, he is back in Antigua. Um, you you have Hendy Springer and you have R- Roddy Eswick. Um, how long they'll be given a run for, we, we just have to wait and see. Um, I think the board, and I have seen nothing in writing, uh, they are doing a search. They are doing the search. Um, and um, that search may continue for quite a while, but it needs uh, to be a priority because we have so much of cricket uh, to, to play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not that we have a year where we don't play, we have all the time in the world. Um, we need to put a man in place and, you know, you, you look at the success. Uh, you look at the success of the South African who is with Pakistan. And, you know, I, I hope whether it's a West Indian gets an opportunity or it's a, an overseas coach that we have that kind of success. It's interesting you mentioned there Mickey Arthur's success with, with Pakistan, a man who did not have success when he was in Australia trying to impose some uh, structure and some discipline into what you could call a, a foreign culture. It's something that hasn't been a neat fit in the past when the West Indies have brought in Australians like John Dyson and others uh, to accept and understand the Caribbean culture. Um, but perhaps, is, there, is that what you're perhaps suggesting, Reds, that uh, to look outside might be the way forward? I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. Um, I think the, the key to whoever's coming in is some initial success. Hmm. If the coach who's coming in, David, can have some initial success, all of a sudden the enthusiasm um, of, of the Caribbean people, um, you'll see more people coming through the gates, etc. But you need some success and you, you, you need some, some peace and quiet, so to speak. You know, you need some uh, unity, some, 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 you know, everybody on the same page. Yeah. Uh, th- that to me is important. And you need players being responsible. Um, as far as I'm concerned, David, only pick the players who want to play for the West Indies. Yeah. Don't pick the players who, whose head and heart is, is somewhere else. So someone who may be talented, doesn't want to play for the West Indies, do not select them. Um, have people who have the commitment, they might have maybe less talent, um, but we will have a, a building of, of, of a team. I, I, I do agree with you, Reds. Um, identifying who those players are and what their motivations are isn't quite as straightforward as that. I think a lot of people make assumptions uh, about uh, those players that prefer 2020 cricket over domestic cricket, let's say, in, in the Caribbean. Um, one can understand those motivations, but whether that means that they're not committed to West Indies as an ideal, I don't know. Dwayne Bravo's comments a few years back were well publicised when he said, I think uh, I think his order was that his first commitment was to Trinidad and Tobago, second to his IPL team, and West Indies third. So that, that made me feel a little uncomfortable, but it's clear from this terribly uh, disappointing tour thus far that there does seem to be terrible disunity, terrible disharmony through that 
side through that squad, whether that's caused by the demise of Sammy, Simmons, whatever, um, it's not going to be easy, whether it's somebody from the inside or outside, to try and unite those guys, Reds. No, um, just on the um, the Bravo matter, if I can describe it that way, I was a little surprised when, that we learned that he only got there the day before. That, that to be really um, was an eye-opener. Um, uh, he was given permission by the former coach Phil Simmons, and I find that very hard to understand, uh, because unless it's something to do with your family, immediate family, um, no socializing, no advertising appointment could be that more important than West Indies cricket. Um, on the question of 2020, I'm a little concerned about the four-day season starting on the November 11th, and I'm told about nine players are heading off to Bangladesh, and maybe we'll hear more. Yeah. So how is that going to impact on the four-day um, cricket? Your four-day cricketers are the ones who are going to eventually make your test team. Uh, how are you going to in attract sponsors? How are you going to attract um, you know, the spectators? Uh, the media, when in fact so many players, as far as I know, are heading to Bangladesh. Yeah, uh, ab absolutely. And that, that's disturbing and we'll perhaps report on that further when that's clarified. From a personal point of view, from my vantage point here in uh, Islamabad, I'm aware that the security situation is not good in Bangladesh, in that country. Um, great efforts have been made with England's tour there at the moment to try and uh, ensure their security. But uh, the English... Cricket Board has advised uh, its own players, English players, not to go and get involved in the Bangladesh Premier League because the same level of security won't be there. And the same would apply to West Indies players. Um, that's their own personal choice. But um, on that level as well, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I would like to see those people who are really interested in building their test cricket uh, credentials, their test cricket skills. And I, I, for example, uh, Jason Holder. I would prefer Jason Holder to be playing for Barbados uh, than playing for a 2020 team in Bangladesh. Um, and I think that is where probably his focus should be on developing his skills as a genuine all-rounder. I, I entirely agree with you. It's a problem we keep returning to. People have different opinions. Uh, there is that argument that these guys have every right to further their their trade, their occupation, to the best financial advantage, and that might not be necessarily to the best advantage of West Indies cricket. Uh, if Holder makes such a choice, I think that he should be allowed to do so. Having said that, I don't think that guys who take those choices should then have... Well, he certainly shouldn't be captain of the West Indies test side, in my opinion. Exactly. You know, years ago, our players were drafted to England um, and they went off to Australia they came back as better players. Now, you know, you can go off to 2020 as competition, and that doesn't really uh, maybe suggest that you're going to be automatically a better player, but anybody going to um, the Australian, Sheffield Shield, Wesley Hall, Garfield Sobers, Rohan Kanai, um, Richards, Malcolm Marshall, etc., um, you know, they came back as better players because of the level of cricket uh, they were playing. This is not automatic for 2020. David, we need to move on. The time is clicking. Yes, I think you're right, and these arguments will continue. Um, 
the West Indies cricket board has made their their uh, their priorities quite clear that uh, if people want to be selected for these things, they need to appear in these things, uh, in the in the relevant relevant formats. Uh, just sticking quickly with the uh, one day tour of uh, the UAE against uh, against Pakistan, West Indies were missing. Chris Gale in particular, and uh, Andre Russell. We'll perhaps talk about Andre Russell a little in a moment. Um, but they did also have the return of Sanil Narayan. So they, they were they were weakened in one in one area or a couple of areas, strengthened in another. Um, it still wasn't satisfactory performances, was it, Red? And Red, and as you touched upon earlier, the batting, some of the the run scoring rates were, were quite were quite baffling, and as as well the running between the wickets. I saw one innings by Marlon Samuels described as uh, in one area as being a, as a Chandra Paul esque. I mean, is it was this was this purely motivation? Was this a lack of ability to contend with the conditions? What what was going on? David, that's that's very hard to work out uh, from where you are. For from way I am, um, I certainly thought Narayan finished well. I mean, I think he had well, one for forty-six of ten. Uh, I know that he's lost uh, a lot of his armory because of the adjustments he he's had to make. Um, but overall, our um, bowling just never put pressure um, on the Pakistanis. You know, we we never really. I, I remember um, Gabriel getting with the first ball. Um, but yet, you know, I, I felt that he could have been kept going for another two overs. Mm. I felt that Zari Joseph um, could have been given another two overs. Sometimes, by the time they got the ball back, the ball was kind of soft. Um, but the bowling lacked penetration. It, it lacked consistency. There were too many balls down the leg side. David, it pains me to remember. I, I'll get up and watch it in quick time. <laughs> Um, and uh, you know it, it just got worse and worse as the the, the tour went on. Reds, I think I'll take your hint and we'll move away from uh, from that. We'll put it behind us and uh, revisit the issues that came out of that on another occasion. Uh, I talked about Andre Russell just now. His uh, drug disciplinary hearings ongoing. I understand in Jamaica, the uh, where he is believed to have or he's alleged to have missed three whereabouts. Um, tests. Um, it's it's on it's ongoing, Reds. So there's nothing really to sort of discuss as such. But uh, it must be a worry if he is potentially facing anything up to a two-year ban. Well, a point you made which I really wanted to comment on is that this 2020 team didn't have Gail Russell, uh, so that was a major loss, a major loss, because the kind of spark that Gail was capable of giving the top, um, everybody knows, Russell um, could win matches with the bat and ball. Yeah. Uh, but back to the Russell matter, it's been postponed again, right. as I read um, in, in the Jamaican paper, and it seemed to be taking too long, and maybe the lawyers are starring, and uh, Russell <laughs> is waiting. Well, that can't be good for anybody, surely. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Thank you for that. Uh, we, will, we will watch this space, as they say. 
plenty of things on the horizon, Red. So I want to talk about you know, next time, as I mentioned. You you mentioned the uh, upcoming four-day season. I, I will want to touch upon that next time. But just to clear up a couple of uh, back matters since we were away. Uh, politics in the region, never far away, unfortunately. Uh, since we last spoke, Dr Keith Mitchell has stood down from heading the CARICOM uh, Cricket Governance Committee. And... Um, there was also some, some unpleasantness read when uh, an article was written uh, by Colin Benjamin in, uh, on Crick Info talking about how several, uh, several former directors of the West Indies Cricket Board uh, pointing the figure at the current West Indies Cricket Board, Ken Gordon in particular, uh, asking for an independent audit. Um, the area of Caribbean cricket politics, still murky waters, Reds. Yes, well, um, the former... Um, personalities who had a relationship with the board came up with um, this demand of a, a transparent audit. The board then um, replied saying we have two audits and um, th th that matter seemed to have um, just gone onto, onto the back burner if it's, it's not further away. Um, you know, it's it's just not good to, to 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 have these ongoing things. I'm not surprised that Dr. Mitchell handed over to, as far as I know, Dr. Gonzalez. He probably um, wants um, you know the, the tempo uh, to be picked up, and he feels that there may be a change of, of a leader um, with probably different ideas, a different approach, uh, may bring um, the, the the kind of of um, recognition um, by the West Indies Board and some of the demands of the CARICOM subcommittee. But yet within CARICOM you have a division of some prime ministers who are not seem to be uh, quite um, on the same page uh, with the Prime Minister Mitchell, Prime Minister Gonzalez, etc. Yeah. Now it's all still sort of... Uh troubled times and I'm sure we will hear more and we'll report that and voice our own opinions uh, as they arise but just wanted to note those things since you and I last uh, last chatted um, another thing to note since you and I last chatted um, just just before uh, we uh, we had our hiatus uh, Courtney Walsh stood down from the selection panel he's uh, gone off uh, to be a bowling coach uh, with Bangladesh um, Joel Garner uh, sorry Lockhart Sebastian has uh, taken up that that vacancy reds uh, he's uh, got a wealth of experience behind him well he certainly followed a lot of cricket I mean in his day as a player he was always with his radio and when he wasn't batting or he wasn't on the field he used to be following what was happening in Guyana or Barbados or wherever there was commentary and uh, since he has stopped playing um, he has been involved with cricket. He's seen a lot of cricket, mm. a lot of players, because of his position with the um, Windward's team. So I think he starts um, with, with a couple of points under under his belt, and we can only wish him well. He's he's quite a personality, and he probably will have to learn, like maybe most uh, high court judges, uh, that once you are appointed. Uh, you can't maybe um, chat as much, can't socialize as much, because people tend to maybe coach you or sometimes miscoach you. Yeah. No, I, I think it's welcomed generally. Um, Sebastian, uh, like Courtney Brown, is a guy who's seen 
been around the scenes for quite some time, but sees, watches an enormous amount of regional cricket and really knows the regional cricketers and will be able to identify those guys that are upcoming and uh, will we'll come through the system, perhaps in a way that uh, Clive Lloyd, who's uh, not spent anything like the amount of time in the Caribbean itself in the last few decades, uh, was able to offer. Yes, and uh, just a quick one, um, Anton Crafton, the brother of Ken Crafton, who is known, of course, be the person who goes around to the various grounds trying to improve uh, pitches. Well, his brother Alton, um, he is now taking over the role as Winworth's manager. That's the right. breaking story. It's just a few days old. Yeah, so he's filled that vacancy uh, left by uh, by Lockhart Sebastian. And as I as I mentioned there, just in passing as well, Joel Garner, he's uh, taken up the, uh, the, the manager's role with the West Indies cricket team, uh, a, a role that uh, Lockhart Sebastian was linked with previously, but uh, Garner's got that. Um, there's been a few whispers that he's been a little authoritarian in the changing room. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, Reds. Well, he's now not a West Indies director anymore because of the role as manager. So uh, that is a, a position which we probably need um, to clear with our audience. Uh, Joel Garner has stepped down as a director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still attached uh, to the BCA. Uh, last few minutes, Reds, um, since we last spoke, a uh, couple of uh, passings that we really wanted to know. Uh, firstly was the, uh, the the death of South Africa's Lindsay Tuckett, who at the time was uh, the world's oldest living former Test cricketer, and then subsequently um, more well-known uh, in, the, in the Caribbean, uh, the, the very fine Australian quick bowler Max Walker. Yes, I, I did have a chance to meet a lot of the former outstanding South African players during the apartheid uh, system when the West Indies uh, did go after democratic elections. But I, I never met him. But uh, Max Walker was a, uh, just a great personality. Mm. Uh, came from Tasmania and played, uh, of course, Australian rules for a Melbourne club. Um, didn't have um, the most athletic uh, Dennis Lilly approach or a Marco Marshall approach he was kind of tangled footed uh, but um, he played a supporting role very well to the Australian fast bowlers he would bowl into the wind and he was very very strong and you know it takes me back to 1973 mm. when um, Lilly and Massey didn't quite get it right in the West Indies Massey lost his rhythm lost his line, Lilly had a back problem and it was, in fact, Bax Walker and Jeff Hammond, supported by Dougie Walters, mm. um, who did um, the damage uh, to West Indies. He was a lovely fellow, full of fun. Um, I got to know him quite well during World Series cricket. Mm. And, um, you know, he became uh, a commentator. Uh, he had a great sense of humor and uh, gone too soon. Yeah. No, take it away with uh, cats if, I, if I've got that right. Uh, and for once, Reds, you'll be pleased, as you always uh, uh, tell me, off when I don't have the, the stats to hand. I, I did my homework this time and can uh, share with you that Max Walker, uh, 34 test matches, 138 wickets at uh, 27.4. And as you noted there, uh, is perhaps his finest hour was that 73 tour of the Caribbean when uh, he stepped from the shadows, as it were, and uh, was at the forefront of uh, that victorious Australian side. And if I didn't mention, I think he was the first Tasmanian 
to have played um, for for Australia. Right, right. I wasn't aware of that. No, uh, very a very good cricketer, very well known, um, and as you said, uh, very popular as well with his his commentary as well. Uh, Lindsay Tuckett that I, I mentioned before. He was uh, a, a little bit further back than that. Died at the age of uh, 97. He played uh, nine tests for South Africa, mainly as a medium-fast bowler. They could hold the bat as well. 19 wickets at uh, uh, quite an expensive average of uh, 51. Uh, so a fair cricketer at that level, rather than a, a particularly good one. But uh, he was the oldest uh, test cricketer who passed lately. Um I will say, Reds, it's it's good to be back with you. And um, before we go, uh, I know you'd like to say thank you to our uh, uh, listeners everywhere. Yes, certainly. Um, and as we speak, I am told that Jamaica, the Windwards and the Leewards are playing a little 2020 um, three-way competition in Antigua as we talk, which was a story I picked up this morning. I'd like to thank all our friends in the Caribbean and all our friends in in, in North America mm. and here hoping that after the break we'll pick up momentum and we'll get feedback because we need feedback in order for us to keep the balance and get your thoughts in also. Absolutely and the place you can uh, send us uh, any feedback, any questions, anything you like is uh, the email address is willow in the windies at outlook.com and uh, I'll pick up uh, anything that you send to us. You can also uh, find me on uh, Twitter at colblimp1983 uh, or just type in David Orm, you'll find me there. And uh, of course this uh, podcast is available as well now on iTunes where you can subscribe to us as well as finding us on SoundCloud. This has been the Willow in the Windies, Caribbean Cricket Podcast with Reds Pereira and me, David Orham, and we hope to be back with you uh, before the week's out in three or four days uh, for sort of part two, as it were, where we're going to look forward to the upcoming season and in particular at West Indies' tour of the UAE against Pakistan. Goodbye. <laughs>